0: You didn't know because you weren't on there, but they did. They would end up on Reddit. The good ones would end up on Reddit. Yeah, it was just a nice way to quickly look at what was the top news, and then it just kind of devolved really quickly. Yeah. Hey, freaks. It's Matt and Marty here. We're talking
1: about uh, the old days of information sources in Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, Marty never used r slash Bitcoin. That surprises me. Yeah, I, I mean, was prolific on r slash Bitcoin.
1: I definitely, I definitely went on. I never had a Reddit. I never had a Reddit account until like recently. When I was trying to pump the podcast when we first put it out. I haven't really used it much since, but yeah, I, ne- I never really used Reddit much back in the day. It's a big Bitcoin Talk guy. That's what we were saying.
0: I've had like fifteen Reddit accounts. Yeah, because I would just uh, I was that, I was really I had I, that's when I used to have good opsec.
1: Well, everything on Reddit I feel like would would leak on the Twitter, and that was like one of my main sources too, that and like Bitcoin Talk.
0: Well, it's funny because it used to be that you would go on Twitter and you would see. St- people would be linking to things from reddit on twitter now whenever i do end up on r slash bitcoin which i rarely go to now um a lot of the top posts are just tweets right that they're yeah. linking out the opposite way <laughs> fascinating how uh
1: how the information spreading evolves over time and uh, now we have podcasts where people get their information from now
0: i mean we had podcasts back then too they were just f- fucking horrible well i not all of them
1: actually a great podcast that's still around today I'm to give a shout out to Ansel Linder. Bitcoin Markets was always uh, a great podcast back in classic. the classic. Every Thursday getting the news.
0: It's still there. Yeah,
1: still there. It's been hustling for years. BTC Markets. Go check it out. Um, Ansel's got like a great podcast voice too. A little Southern draw. Absolutely. current uh, <laughs> um, price is seven thousand one hundred fifty three dollars uh, and fifty three cents. would give you current block is six hundred eight thousand eight hundred thirty five. Would give you the hash rate, but we took it off the ticker. Because the hash rate that we were pulling uh, for the site it was terribly off. It was showing like 1x a hash at some point yesterday. I was like, this is fucking wrong, DJ. Um, so actually, DJ is working, Matt. You don't know this yet. He's working to, uh, he's I think he's going to issue a pull request to blockstream.info um, to, to put in a, a hash rate feed there. And then we'll pull from that.
0: At blockchain.info?
1: Blockstream.info.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, we shouldn't be using blockchain.info. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we were, were using and they were giving us bad data. yeah no one should be using blockchain.info so I'm glad we're changing that um, it I've, was in, in, in our defense it was f- to produce an MVP, all right a prototype absolutely absolutely Const- constantly iterating uh, the total according to Bitcoin ID is 90 point4 X what okay. well, can Bitcoin ID? You don't know Bitcoinity? No, I do. Data.bitcoinity.org. Yeah, dude's a fucking. This guy too is an that's old actually, school hustler. He's been around. Exactly, since forever. that's what I was gonna
1: say. That's one. Of, that's actually one of the few tabs I have on my uh,
0: few bookmarks I have on my browser right here. I remember being like a young kid, and you know, diving headfirst into Bitcoin, and then I like realized at at some point he was he was a he was a nim, but at some point he came out with his identity. The guy who runs Bitcoinity, and he was like a 15-year-old kid or something. I'm like, this site that I like rely on on a daily basis to check prices and data and shit. Is just being run by a 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid? I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, Bitcoin, man. <laughs> it's a whole fucking different game. Right. And then you have like Rashid. Uh, who just hacking hardware wallets. Yeah, it's, uh, He's older now, though, right? I, I don't know. Crypto Ethan just graduated college. Yeah, that, that shit always <laughs> blows my mind. We got the young people, man. Uh, so many memes. Young people are the future. So many memes. Literally. Um, before we had a lot of
1: topics to talk about this week. I have some good spitballing right there. Have some good, good reminiscing. Um, we got a lot of topics. Before we dive into them, this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by your good friends at GiveWell. Guys, uh, they're blowing up right now. I just got an email from them that we have to change the copy because... So many people are using them right now. Uh, I'll tell you what the change is. At the end, in practice, it's hard to know what charities will do with your donation. GiveWell spends 20,000 hours each year researching which charities can do the most with your money. They recommend a short list of the best charities they found and share them with donors like you. GiveWell's recommendations are free for anyone to use, and they don't take a cut of your donation. They do not take any cuts of your donations. Um, so if you want to help... Uh, children somewhere in the rare and you, you find uh, two trustworthy organizations that are run by different programs one can save a child's life for 300,000 another could save one for 3,000 you don't know uh, which one to pick you may pick the more expensive one because you think it's more luxury GiveWell is here to help you make smarter decisions learn how to make your good donation um, excuse me uh, learn how much good your donation can do by visiting givewellorg tftc Except accept tri- traditional payment methods and Bitcoin, as well as some other cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. So for the first time donors, this is where the change is. Uh, your donation will be matched up to $1,000 to your first donation as long as it lasts. Um, they They're blowing through that donation spend right now. So they will match your donation as long as they're their match is there. So go to givewell.org slash
0: TFTC. What did the old copy say? Match up to $1,000? Yeah. But didn't have the disclaimer that they might run out of money to match with? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's it's blowing up. Um, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. That's what you like to say. Uh, this episode of
1: Tales from the Crypt is also bought to you by the Cash App. Our good friends at the Cash App are letting you stack sats Uh you can buy and sell Bitcoin from the Cash App uh pretty easily. Now you can stack slivers of stocks as well if you want to. Not that you have to. It's just there if you ever want to. It is there. Um, so uh, if you're somebody who's wanted to invest in stocks but you've been uh, unable to do so because the stocks that you want to invest in are too expensive, Cash App is letting you again stack slivers of shares so you can buy as little as $1 of your favorite stock. And you can do this right away. Because your uh, Cash App is connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods for inbound transfers, so you can start investing today. Brokered services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. As always, use the code Stacking Sats, and you're gonna get ten dollars. And Cash App is gonna send ten dollars to our good friend Owls, Owls uh, Lacrosse. Again, Stacking Sats, one word, going to Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> um, download the Cash App from the App Store or the Google. Play Store today. Um, this episode of Tales from the Crypt is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Um, Unchained Capital uh, is doing many things in the Bitcoin space. They're helping in the open source front. They're providing uh, Bitcoiners with the ability to hold their Bitcoin in the form of US, uh, excuse me, Bitcoin collateralized loan. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. If you are ever thinking about selling your Bitcoin and just need cash, Unchained is there to let you take out a cash loan using your Bitcoin as collateral. On top of that, they have their Vaults program. Uh, which is their multi-sig setup uh, you can engage in a quorum uh, multi-sig quorum with Unchained and they can be a signing key in a two or three or an n excuse me n of M uh, setup and if you ever need unchained to sign for you they are there for you and on top of that uh, they're providing the tools that they use and they're open sourcing them um, so if you never want unchained in the quorum you can uh, use the tools that they've built particularly caravan um, to to create your own multi-sig setup. So go check out unchained at unchained capital.com. That's unchained excuse me, unchained-capital dot com.
0: How we feeling, Matt? We did it freaks. We did it. We made it for, we made it through. We made it through. Um I'm fucking cold man. New York is cold. I'm not I'm not cool with it right now. I don't a, like the cold. It's actually my final thought. I'd prefer seven degree weather to like
1: thirty-six degree weather. When it gets this cold like your body just accepts that it's cold and, and adapts I feel like
0: if it's colder
1: I think so and then this is just from like living in Chicago I, I
0: kind of shrugged at your final thought to be honest <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I did when I read it <laughs> I was like yeah okay Marty I'll take 36 over seven any day of the week Hard-o.
1: no because 36 it can rain and not snow like I'd rather it snow than rain when it gets to this this temperature
0: oh I agree oh yeah I, yeah I guess I don't like 36 yeah and rain. That's horrible. Terrible. Much, snow is much preferred.
1: Were you safe during the snow squall yesterday?
0: <laughs> we got like nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, yesterday. it was crazy though. Did you see it when it was snowing? I I guess I was hibernating.
1: Um, we, I was sitting here with Bitcoin sign guy recording an episode. We had the windows open. It looked like you couldn't see shit. It was like crazy, crazy fast wind. It was like real quick. And we got the uh, the app alert. Snow squall on the way. You don't see too many snow squalls. Oh,
0: the, the alert, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, my lady got that alert, but I didn't. You can disable that in settings. You should disable those alerts. they're so you obnoxious, can.
1: yeah, remember when Trump sent one?
0: Yeah, they're so obnoxious, <laughs> like really, there's like we got one inch of snow and they're like buzzing phones left and right. Like, ridiculous, yeah, like yeah. people can you can see the snow like you know it's snowing. you don't need an alert for that.
1: well, again, I think the squall was the important part. it's a snow squall, not just your typical snowstorm. It's got the squall aspect
0: to it. Do we know what the difference is? What makes it a
1: squall? I, th- I think a squall is just like very quick winds. Uh, t- not tornado, but like uh, chaotic winds, if you will. I don't know. That's just what I assume, squall. That's the connotation that the word squall, squall uh, imbues in my head. Got to look it up. Got to look up squall. Don't freaks. trust verified freaks. Yeah, look up squall. Um, but we're not here to talk about the weather. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about Bitcoin. Big week. A lot to talk about. A lot of topics. We're ten. This might be a longer episode. We're already ten minutes in here. Um, Let's start with. We'll follow up with what we ended on last week, uh, which was the uh, conversation about repo markets and what was going on there. And it's just a short comment here. I recorded an episode with Parker Lewis over the weekend and posted that on Sunday. If you're interested, I think Parker does an incredibly good job at laying out. The landscape of uh, how this liquidity crunch was created, what's happening, and uh, what needs to be done going forward, and what is currently happening, happening in the repo markets. Um, So go check that out. Great Um, episode. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Quick 45-minute rip um, or 50-minute rip, but uh, yeah, it's it's the uh, people in charge of our monetary system seem to have uh, no idea. Uh, of the repercussions of their policies.
0: That's what it seems. I, as I've said in the past, I always just end up market buying Bitcoin when I listen to Parker speak. So yeah, this time is no different. It is true. He is a, he is a mensch when it comes to Fed. He, he has done his homework
1: and uh, knows the fundamentals and does a very good job at laying them out. Um, so definitely go check out that episode, 122. Uh, Matt, I wanted to talk about this last week, but you censored me. <laughs> uh it was too early to talk about had a it. lot of things going on there i know uh, the aml d5 regulation uh particularly god damn it's two already um bottle pay shutting down rather than implementing kyc uh you are obviously disclaimer and advisor what the hell happened
0: um just it was just a really sad week uh they've been grappling with the decision for a couple weeks uh, AMLD 5 is this new regulation that comes into effect January 10th um, across the EU um, and technically applies to all EU residents, like if you're a business serving EU customers, but especially if you're a company based in the EU.
1: Yeah, and this, this is a law that passed like this time of last year, I believe. Right, it was like it a one
0: a- year yes. delay. Um, and BottlePay is based in the UK, um, which is still in the EU for now. Um, but so each member state, the law is like really vague, um, and each member state of the EU gets to enact it independently. Um, they have to be, they have to follow the guidelines, but they can be more strict if they want to be more strict, right? And the Netherlands released theirs first, um, and then the UK released theirs. Um, and frankly, it's just ex- it's extremely vague legislation, which is, you know, It is what it is. We've come to expect that uh, out of regulators. Um, But they aren't, they were afraid that, you know, BottlePay never had KYC and they were afraid that they were gonna get into a situation where they had to shotgun KYC on people. Um, You know, what we've seen Binance and a bunch of other companies do in the past, which is basically you hold the funds hostage and you make them do the KYC to get their funds out. And also at the same time, like any information that you'd used with bottle pay in the past would then get connected to the, that new KYC information, right? Because users weren't even weren't aware that there was going to be KYC in the future, um, so they thought the most responsible approach. and I'm really proud of them for this. They thought the most responsible approach was to shut down, um, make sure all user funds are out by before the January 10th uh, gets enacted. Um, and, like, wait and see and see how this, how, how this exactly plays out. Um, and any funds, I also like this touch. I mean, it just goes to show uh, what type of people there are. Any funds that are left over at the January 10th date get donated to the Human Rights Foundation, um, which is a nice touch. Very admirable.
1: No, I told you this off air. I think it will work out uh, in the long run for bottle pay. It's a good decision. and um, Tough one to eat, obviously. It fucking sucks. Like, do you think this law is intentionally vague?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, it's like the bid license was really vague, too. Uh, with the bid license, we at least got an, an absolute carve out for non custodial wallets. But I remember when it was actually happening, the New York bid license, when it was actually happening, we weren't really positive if that carve out was going to exist. You know, like wallets like uh, Electrum. Like, yeah, or Blocksmith Green or something. Um, but so no one really knows how they're going to enforce this AMLD5. And one of the issues here is that um, as it's written, it could potentially apply to non-custodial wallets. Uh, so the question is how far do they want to take that? Are they only going to go after non-custodians, non-custodial wallets that have like a company and a business behind it? Or are they actually going to go after like open source devs? That seems like really hard to enforce, um, especially if they're under NIMS and stuff like that. Um, and, and and specifically, uh, non-custodial lightning, where you're providing some liquidity. Um, how does that fall? You know, so so we love Breeze uh, here. We're going to talk in a little bit about Phoenix, uh, but from Async, and they both they're both non-custodial wallets, but they provide you inbound liquidity on the Lightning Network. And there's some questions there whether or not that is going to fall under amld5 if not all non-custodial wallets maybe just those types Um, and the whole way bottle pay works is is you know you need to have everyone needs to have liquidity if you don't have liquidity you can't send the payments back and forth so like a lot of the takes people have had uh in terms of it's because it was a custodial wallet like there was a plan in place there to move it to the to a non custodial model, and no one's sure if that would have been if we if if they would have had to they might have had to implement KYC anyway, um, and hold funds hostage to do it right. So they said, you know, we're in a good place right now. You know, we've the users have been very happy. Let's just shut it down, wait and see, and 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 take a, a safer approach here.
1: What is the justification of
0: d five. Well, the justification is always the same. It's it's the you know the terrorist Trace mayor uh, justification. It's terrorists and money launderers and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know they, they that's they there's that famous meme like how do we package this right? Yeah. Uh, Terrorism or uh, or save the children. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's. I mean. We. I think we've expected this for years uh they're not going to just go lightly like, into the night yeah they're going to try and clamp down as much as possible they'll stifle innovation in a lot of their countries um you know innovation will move abroad it'll move to different jurisdictions there'll be the whole jurisdiction arbitrage type of thing i mean we have with there's a Uh, it's interesting that no one really has been talking about amld5 and i think it's because everyone's like been in their like war rooms trying to figure out how their company's gonna fucking handle it and don't want to be on the record saying anything but like for instance like binance is a big one they just did jurisdictional arbitrage moving to malta Mm -hmm. but malta's in the eu right so are they going to move are they going to put kyc on everyone how are they going to handle it um so you'll see a lot of people moving. Bitmax is still in the Seychelles, right? So the Seychelles isn't European, is it? No. All right. It's just a random island. Isn't it in the Pacific somewhere? Uh I think it might be off the coast of Africa or something like that. No? I could be wrong.
1: I have no idea. My geography is not uh, sharp right now. Matt's gonna look it up. No, but it is uh it's discon. it's uh disconcerting, right? That the the government in in Europe uh, wants to clamp down on this, and it, and it's, uh, the Dutch company started shutting down first because that was the first country to to make a move, correct? Right.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, they all enforce it, and I mean this just goes. This is one of the annoying parts about the EU too, right? Is like so that each each member country is going to be uh, like passing their own uh, procedure for handling AMLD five. Yes. So it's off the coast of the other side of Africa in the Indian Ocean. So I was right.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. off the coast of Africa.
0: I was like, I guess the Indian Ocean is technically in its own ocean. but That no, is, always, yeah. I always think of that as like, I guess my US centric mindset. That's God. We have one side is the Pacific Ocean, the other side is the Atlantic, and that's just the two oceans we have. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is off the coast of Africa. But um, yeah. The, Shout out to the bottle pay team. I think you guys made the right move. Uh, Very admirable. Um, I know they're back in the war room now, trying to figure out how they can come back from this.
0: I mean, it's a perfect example too. It's like all these people we hear all the fucking time. Like we hear from CZ, fucking at Binance, where he's like, we you know, we have no choice. We're like, we we have to shotgun KYC the users, right? Like there is an option, right? There, there's always you always have options. Um, and this just goes to show that there, there is, you know.
1: There's some ethical actors out there. Exactly. Um, speaking of Binance uh, and speaking of springing KYC on people, apparently their Singapore uh, branch does not like people who coin join after they withdraw. Uh, there was a thread on Twitter this morning from Biddlecat uh, that was making the rounds. Uh, apparently he uh, got KYC sprung on him. By- no, no, no.
0: I, I think he was already kyc Binance? Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was Binance? already
1: KYC. They stopped. They, uh, they paused his withdrawals because uh, he had withdrawn the coin join previously. And they asked him a bunch of uh, intrusive questions where, yeah. about where his money came from. Um, they asked him and why his, questions. And why is coin joining.
0: Yeah. Your current occupation, your annual income range, and what is the purpose of withdrawing the funds to Wasabi Wallet? Hey,
1: hey Binance fuck you it doesn't matter what the purpose is
0: yeah so binance singapore is uh talking about jurisdictional arbitrage regulatory arbitrage binance has like they have all these separate exchanges all throughout the world that are like fiat to like a couple pair of gateways right like they recently launched binance us they have binance singapore they're all over the place um and they have reduced trading pairs so like this one like you can I think you can buy like six it's basically just fiat to a couple coins yeah like a couple coins Um, and it is KYC and actually one thing that was interesting that I never knew uh, uh, I'm definitely going to mispronounce his name but Zoo was on a podcast Suzu Zoo Zoo yeah Suzu Suzu Suzu. yes Suzu was on a podcast recently he was talking about uh, Sing- uh, Binance Singapore in Singapore it's really easy to open an exchange but not for Singaporeans so there's like a bunch of exchanges including Binance Singapore that's there but like you can't get an account as a Singaporean which is weird what? yeah I don't know but that's just a random fact yeah but let's talk about Wasabi getting uh, so this is our first well, really known blacklist of uh, oh. specifically of of CoinJoin usage right? yes uh, than I can think of off and the it's, top of my head. It's funny because we've been waiting for it to come on the deposit side, and this was on the withdrawal side. So presumably, well, he he's he's said this as much on, on Twitter, uh, that they previous transactions he had put through Wasabi Wallet, so then they didn't let him do this one. right? Because mm-hmm. you can see after the fact, if you CoinJoin, um, it's clear on chain. You have like a bunch of transactions of similar out inputs, you know, similar outputs coming out. And then. Yeah. So these
1: exchanges can see where you're sending it. It's going to be a B1 address and it's going to be with a bunch of other inputs of similar. Right. Similar value. There's a
0: coin join heuristic there that's like pretty obvious. Yes. Um, with Wasabi, it's even more obvious because, because the they fee. use this fixed fee address where every time to- every Wasabi transaction gets paid to the same exact reused address. Um, so all they have to do is like in their chain analysis software, just like flag that address and they automatically get all the Wasabi coin joins. Um, the Wasabi guys will, they claim that the reason they do that is for transparency. So you can see their fee structure. You can see all their fees. How much they get paid? You can easily track how many coin joins they've done without like advanced chain analysis. Um, and that you can find the, like, even just like a semi-sophisticated actor can easily, you know, have identify. a formula to identify the yeah. coin joins. You might as well let every every schmuck be able to do it. Um, but I, I, it's always rubbed me the wrong way, the fixed fee address. It just seems like an odd place to be for something that's about like coin join and obfuscation and shit. Yeah, would there be a way with like... Well, Samurai doesn't use a fixed fee address. Well, I know know that, but, like,
1: if you want, like, going to Wasabi's Mm -hmm. reasoning for the fixed address being transparency, would there be a way, like, Schnorr and Taproot to, like, uh, anonymously
0: disclose that? No, because if we knew, like, if they gave us, like, an X-Pub or something else, like, then the chain analysis companies are the X-Pub. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, you can like, publicly disclose it without... uh, Revealing. I mean, you can see, like how much each transaction paid in fee right on chain
1: mm-hmm.
0: you could probably reverse engineer it yeah um, so you could probably actually reverse engineer how, but if they made it easy for you they would be also be making it easy for the chain analysis chain analysis companies i think but i mean yeah i mean i i i think this will probably become more common um I know for a fact Cash App doesn't do it because I do it all the time. Um, to both Samurai and Wasabi. Uh so that's good to see. I don't think they should be doing it. They've already KYC'd you. Um but you know, some exchanges will be doing it and some won't, and you just Well and let's boycott take, the ones that do.
1: Well yeah, and let's take a time here to reassert that it is okay to coin join. Privacy, financial privacy is okay. It should be a human right. Like. Not
0: according to Trace. What? Trace has been... Trace Meyer has been... Oh, making the yeah. Rams. All right,
1: we'll get into that, but back to the reassertion. Privacy is okay. You shouldn't feel dirty in a coin join. And apparently Trace Mayer does feel dirty.
0: But so that that is one of the issues with the fixed fee address is that it does create like this connection between the fee address and like every other transaction that's gone through the coin joins and your transaction so it does like it just it just seems unnecessary I think it's just so you just get rid of it and then the other thing which is like kind of separate but like I really love how Samurai's model is the every amount every uh, output that goes in is exactly the same amount so because they collect the fee right in the beginning so they collect the fee in the beginning you have a like a perfectly similar output, and then that's what keeps getting remixed, and and because of that heuristic that they do there, um, and the fact that they f- they force remixing within the rounds, um, and they incentivize the remixing because we we talked about it on the pod last week that the remixing is super important. I think that those two combinations make it you know very powerful. I think that should be like, you know, where Wasabi goes as well because people don't realize like with Sabi, the amount of each coin join, it it goes down. The min goes down over time. So you can remix, right? Because everyone's paying the fee every round. Right. So, so like when you're at the end of the day, you You have a bunch of different outputs with all different amounts Ever, ever so slightly different. Right. But they're all different amounts. It's not, uh, and they're all be paying this fixed fee address. Yeah. Uh, so I really think that in that way the samurai model is, is strictly superior. But uh just because samurai doesn't have this fixed fee address doesn't mean they can't like the I think we've been pretty clear on the pod and it's always worth reiterating, is that when you coin join, people you pay in the future and people who have paid you in the past know you've coin joined. If you do it properly and you don't fuck anything up, it'll be a lot harder for them to actually see what your, you know, what your current transactions are, follow you through the chain, but they'll see that you went and you started coin joining. They'll know you went, you started coin joining on the other side. They'll know you coin joined in the past. There's no, um, at least in the, in the near term, there's no getting around that.
1: And that's why you're very, uh, keen on getting more people to coin join because the more people that coin join and make it more socially acceptable and, uh, more importantly, hire everybody's, or excuse me, increase everybody's anonymity set. Um, it, again, socially, it should just be accepted and something that, that is okay. Privacy is okay. The more
0: people okay. that do it, the more you're hiding amongst and also the more normalized it becomes, right? Yes. It becomes less of a heuristic. One thing that Chris Belcher mentioned, which is interesting, is that Payjoin doesn't use equal outputs, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure Payjoin's the one where you're the payer, the person receiving the payment is contributing something to the, the payment, right? Is, is that Payjoin or Snicker? Snicker is, Snicker is the two of two equal output coin joins, I believe. Okay. And then payjoin, the, you're not paying the person in Snickers. Payjoin the one you're where you send a transaction. Yeah, you
1: broadcast a transaction, and, and hope then that someone else meets signs
0: you. You broadcast it that fits someone else's transaction, and you hope they accept it and meet you. Okay? Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Payjoin is like I'm paying you, and you contribute some Bitcoin. In, it's an interactive process. You contribute some Bitcoin in, so so that there's at the at the end of the day there's two to four outputs or whatever no one knows which ones like who's paying who where it's going how much is being paid and it's a harder heuristic to break because it's not as obvious as you know 50 relatively equal outputs all in the same thing or five outputs that are all the same size I feel like it would
1: destroy that heuristic Yeah, if it's truly like any any amount
0: yeah so I mean we have things here I mean lightning I'm still super bullish on lightning uh, in terms of like making privacy easier and more accessible um and i you know i i think this is you know one of the this is going to be one of the battles you know and i I think that someone who tells you that you shouldn't be coin joining because uh you might be mixing with terrorists or north koreans or something just like they sound like a no corner to me saying why i shouldn't use bitcoin um and (laughs) and it you know if, if people if people can't spend their money I will if there's like a large amount of Bitcoin that's just unspendable because it's blacklists that are actually enforced successfully like we're gonna have a lot bigger problems than whether or not you can sell your KYC bullshit coins uh, because the price was, like at the end of the day number won't go up the price the price will fucking crater if people can't spend their Bitcoin.
1: Yeah there's uh, we talked about this last week too and people. Uh, we're fighting over whether Bitcoin's uh, <clears throat> for hodling or censorship-resistant transactions. It's for both, and it doesn't work if one fails. It, you need both Yeah. to hold each other up.
0: Yeah, it. save good money, spend it at will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, the battles are among us. The war has begun, freaks. The war is well underway. You may not recognize it, but it is here. We are in the middle of it. And, uh bitcoin needs you i mean if you if you if you think it's something that uh we should have in our world and in the future you got to fight for it and as you can see the powers that be are definitely trying to uh curb its growth at
0: least i mean i think it it just comes down to it comes down to bitcoin security right like at the at at the end of the day you don't want to be leaking all this information out there you don't want people you pay to see all your past and past and future transactions and how much how much money you have how much money you make. Um, You know, depending on where your government is, you don't want them to know because that's the first the first step to seizing it is knowing how much you have. Um, You know, obviously, the ideal here is to use non KYC exchanges, but a lot of you know, especially at scale, it's, it's, it's very difficult to get, you know, large amounts of, of non KYC coins. So these privacy tools become extra important because because this KYC is so intrusive.
1: Should should, should they have used Monero in, in the Binance Singapore
0: place? Yeah, there's plenty of people that uh, shum. Uh, Binance Singapore doesn't have Monero support, so uh, you couldn't use Monero in this situation. Yeah, come. <laughs> couldn't use Monero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they already
1: blocked that that route.
0: Yeah, they just never opened, <laughs> they never had support from Monero. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, Trace said that too. Trace was like, uh, they might blacklist your Bitcoin, so, like, you should use, like, privacy-focused coins. Um, why wouldn't they just blacklist? Like, that's not, I there's plenty of good arguments for why default privacy is better than non-default privacy. But this idea that, the privacy coins won't get blacklisted, but the coin joint transactions will. Just that makes zero sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's like the same exact logic. And if you're talking about swaps in and out, like okay, then you just I'll blacklist Bitcoin that have have gone through a swap with Monero, you know? Done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean i don't think that'll be easy to enforce either but i don't think coin bans will be easy to enforce so to compare the two it, that's just it, make, it makes zero sense to me
1: that, well and i think what's more productive and more imperative and import, more importantly is to get people to ask people to to say something to s- stand up and fight for it like say hey, like hey i want some financial privacy like everybody's just passively to me at least sitting by as as these laws get passed and they're complying and how far is too far? How far will be too far? At what point will people scream out like, "This is too fucking much"?
0: The other thing is like, sorry, I'm still so triggered. We got to win the war of ideas. Um, I, uh, Trace also, you know, he's the reason he's been going on the podcast is because he has this proof of keys thing on the third of January, where if you have funds on exchanges, you should remove them from exchanges to see. Um, if they're solvent, if they have enough Bitcoin, right? Keep them honest. Uh, But, and he, he he actually, he, he used the word slave to describe people who don't exercise this right. Um, But at the same time said that he won't do coin joins because, you know, he doesn't have permission to, to, to take his own financial privacy. Right. So I, I think there's a real dichotomy there. I don't understand, uh, I don't understand how you can see why it, you don't really have sovereignty, even if you take control of your keys, if they're fully KYCed and like it's it's almost like a quasi permission system at that point, where you're not taking your privacy into your own hands. You're too scared to, um, and and I I just it's not it's not really a way to live um, personally. I agree. Yeah. And then the other thing about proof of keys is, I mean, here at the pod, I think we practice proof of keys. 24 7 365 you know not your keys not your coins um the worst time to withdraw your coins is probably the day of so like if you have coins on exchanges you should remove them before that uh right like why, why would you it do it on could be a their, mempool spike yeah the, yeah the fees will be higher exchanges are gonna their hot wallets will be drained it'll be uh, you know harder for withdrawals to process even if they're completely solvent right like if they're getting hit with well, 100x the withdrawal request. Like, proof of reserves is way more, shout out Nick Carter, like, proof of reserves is way more, I think, productive if we can get, like, real exchanges to, to honor some type of proof of reserve system.
1: Yeah, what is BitFloor, the only one that's been doing proof of reserves for, like, five years now? Tiny ass little exchange, In right? the UK. And they just and went was, Bitcoin only.
0: No, isn't that CoinFloor? That's what I just said, yeah. You said BitFloor. Are they no, two I different coi- exchanges? No, CoinFloor.
1: Oh, I thought I said CoinFloor
0: Are they two different exchanges? Is BitFloor exist? I don't know if BitFloor
1: exists I, know, I don't know about BitFloor I know about CoinFloor
0: So is CoinFloor the one that was doing Proof of Reserves? I yeah. think you might be right
1: yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure
0: Yeah they just went Bitcoin only
1: Shout out to BitFloor There you go If you're in the UK
0: Okay so I think we had enough conversation about that Especially since we talked about it all the fucking time Yeah
1: Let's talk about uh, cooler things Phoenix Async launches uh,
0: So fucking dope
1: This app We talked about it uh, A couple months ago I do not have Android though So I haven't tested it I tried it
0: What's it like? And it was fucking badass It reminds me of the Breeze flow A lot Um, So they provide you Inbound liquidity uh, But with Breeze They provide you The inbound liquidity Before um, You make or receive Any payments They just open a channel To you right away um, And then if you do transfer funds in, then they take the cost of opening that channel. They take the fee from you. With this, it's really interesting. You can just as, It's non-custodial. As soon as you install the app, uh, you can generate a lightning invoice. And if you pay that invoice, uh, it says, you just received a payment for this amount. Are you willing to pay us this amount of fees to receive it? and you press that and then they open the channel and you're good to go. It's so very clean and you can also send them on chain and it automatically swaps it over into Lightning for you and creates a channel and charges you a little fee. Boss. So yeah, so you can literally open it. You don't have to worry about channels. You don't have to worry about, um, they, they don't do the backup flow in the beginning which is uh, so great when you're testing it out, right? Like they just notify you on the top, like please back up, please back up, please back up. But they don't force you to go through the whole seed word backup. Um, and you can just basically instantly receive lightning payments and spend lightning payments non-custodial. Uh, so I re- I really like it for the same reason I like breeze. Uh, and I think they're two top tier apps, like really great on mobile. Um, what's interesting is they didn't go the neutrino approach. I think it's on their roadmap, but they still haven't gone that approach with, uh, Phoenix by a Async. Uh, it's an Electrum server, so they connect to, like, a random Electrum server, and you can put in your own, um, which I don't think is idea. I think I would prefer Neutrino, but we'll see. We shall see. I think there's more overhead on doing Neutrino-style block filters on mobile than just connecting to an Electrum server, so I think that's why. Yeah,
1: because you'd have to feed them, right, from
0: the company server? Or? It's just that the, the filters that they have to send... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, either way it'd be from a company server right now. Right. But ideally neutrino gets merged into core and then people will be serving neutrino filters all over the place. Right. Like Wasabi right now runs their own. I think lightning labs runs their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger issue is, I think the actual data load, like the amount of data that gets sent in the filters, um, is just way higher than when the you self an a server. Yeah. yeah. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, it's a fucking dope app. Super clean. Just really, really excited about it. Uh, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. Staying on lightning launches. See lightning version 0. 0.8.0 0 was released. Blockstream's got a good... Huge. Medium post out on it Is a huge, huge uh, update. Let's walk through it. Uh, big
0: one's multi-part payments.
1: You get multi-part. Amp. You get AMP. AMP is finally here. Uh, you can splice in, splice out, uh, extend. It's extending the plugin capabilities uh, and a bunch of other stuff. What uh, and this is going to help like combine channels together as well. Well,
0: multi-part payments. I mean, it's it's what it sounds like, but uh, it's fucking huge. Uh, is, is is so like right now? Uh, if you wanted to pay someone with lightning, you have these channels, right? Like imagine them like an abacus. And you can move the the balance back and forth. The amounts you can do, but there's a cap. Whatever your your largest payment is maxed by whatever your largest channel is. Route is to the user, the receiver. In in multi-part payments, you'll be able to basically send a bunch of little payments that all add up on the final side as the the amount you're paying.
1: Yeah, cross channels, which is pretty yeah.
0: huge. So it makes liquidity easier um, because you know you're not limited by your biggest channel uh, in terms of the amount you can send and it makes private it could make like right now in current implementation um, there are some privacy leaks still but it's significant improvement to privacy especially going forward Um, because just think about it you're sending multiple little payments all through different routes on the network Um, so you need to control way more nodes if you're trying to to spy on that transaction yeah it's huge really cool so you but you need both the both the both users need to the payer and the receiver need to have it, um, have have AMP support in order for it to go. Um, Lightning Labs doesn't have it out yet in LND. Pretty sure Async does, um, and now C Lightning does. Uh, Rusty Russell of Blockstream, he's been working on C Lightning. He was on Stefan's podcast this week. Definitely well worth a listen. They talk a lot about multi-part pay- payments. Um, Multipath payments.
1: Yeah. Go listen to that one. Um, it's happening slowly but surely. It seems. So big updates this week. Go check out uh, go check out Phoenix. And if you're running Sea Lightning, make sure you uh, upgrade. Or I don't want to force you to upgrade. If you want to upgrade and start testing out version 0.8.0, it is now released. Oh, yeah.
0: Phoenix is Android only, but it's going to come out on iPhone next year, supposedly.
1: Boss. I can't wait to test it out when it does. Uh, speaking of new updates Sabi Wallet uh, which was the topic of conversation earlier they have a new release out too version 1.1.10
0: the big one for this is it has Bitcoin Core baked into it
1: Bitcoin Core is now
0: so you just go into settings toggle it on and you have a full node as well yeah
1: it's all coming together and then stick- it'd be
0: cool to see Bitcoin Core just bundled in a bunch of shit I think that's already happening yeah like uh, Jack Mauler is yeah, talking about that on Zap like yeah. that'd be fucking ideal yeah
1: um, I think it's going to happen. Uh, staying on the updates, cold card, new firmware, uh, version 3.0.6. If you're running or using cold card, excuse me, make sure you upgrade that firmware. It's always good to stay up to date with the firmware.
0: Especially if you're using multi-sig, it seems like there's a similar vulnerability to the single-sig uh, change, Tra- change change vulnerability. Uh, there's They haven't released full details yet. But it, it does, have a, has, does have in bold there that if you're using multi-sig, a disclosure will be released and you, the update fixes it. So you should fix it.
1: Yes. and uh, you,
0: should, you should update.
1: Yes. And we'll use this as a reminder to remind you freaks if you're running a treasure T make sure that's updated with the latest firmware as well. Because it has a bug that Matt was alluding to where uh, if identified and, uh, and attacked, you could uh, have the, the change of your transaction sent to a hacker.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just update. Before you send transactions, you know, you should go check the firmware updates for your uh, your hardware wallets. Yes. Um, and, like, the keep Key got owned by Kraken, too, last week. You saw that?
1: Oh, I did not see that. I but I think
0: that. it was just, it seems like it's a similar own as what happened to the Trezor, which is neither of them have secure elements, uh, like the cold card and the ledger do. Um, so if you have physical access, you can extract the seed. Um, and I think I remember when Ledger did it to Trezor, they were saying like the device, like the idiot device, like if they were going to build a device that just any idiot could plug into Trezor and pull out a seed, it'd be like $110. Kraken said it's $75. <laughs> um, so in, in that case, I mean, I don't think anyone should be using a keep key. They're just like giving them out for $10 because they want to get you onto Shapeshift's uh, KYC platform uh, and read all your pub keys, um, which is fucking crazy. Uh but, but just, with with if you don't have a secure element, it's extra important. Like if you're using a trezor, if you're using a cold card, it's I not cold card, a keep key. It's extra important that you use a strong pass raise because the pass raise isn't stored on the device. So if they extract your seed, they still need to then brute force your pass raise. They have to basically rapidly guess your pass phrase, uh, which they'll probably get through eventually. But it gives you some time, and then just try and prevent physical access as best as possible, right?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I mean, I operate under the assumption that if any of these devices are physically uh, taken by anybody, that they're fucked.
0: Yeah. I mean, the secure element's a huge improvement um, because you're able to encode stuff like, you know, 13 wrong pin entries and the thing just wipes itself. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. I mean, that's the assumption you should take. Um, Yeah, and just... The, n- the number one thing you can do is to just have multiple methods of storing things storing your Bitcoin so it's just like if, if one fails you don't lose everything
1: yes diversify diversify your custodial risk um, last update that we're talking about uh, Ronin UI for Samurai Dojo has been
0: added um, so this is actually independent but uh, like it's not out of the Samurai team it's independent no, yes. contributors but it's basically like a nice UI for setting up Dojo uh dojo is samurai's full node suite Um, we've talked in the past about it Uh, usually you have to use command line but they set it up so you have a nice little ui for setting it up it's it's relatively easy you get a raspberry raspberry pi 4 uh, which are pretty cheap nowadays i mean it just came out but they're pretty cheap Uh, and an ssd and you just throw this ronin on it and then you have a dojo And then you connect the dojo to samurai wallet and you can use your full node with samurai and you can use it with whirlpool to do mixing and stuff like that. Um,
1: again, it's all coming together, baby. It's all coming together.
0: And on that note, my noddle dojo shipped as well. So I'm pretty excited for that.
1: I'm excited for you. I'm very excited. I'm excited for you and selfishly because I want to learn about it. Sexy
0: piece of hardware.
1: It's faster too. It's red.
0: Oh yeah. Always.
1: Um, here's another cool thing and these have been popping up more and more recently uh the BTC pay server integration uh for m5 stacks uh sats they added the SATs well, no, there, right?
0: it's just m5 stack yeah but... it's
1: m5 stack they added sats to it but um m5 stack is that uh sort of general purpose hardware uh i believe it's based out of japan correct
0: I'm not sure where it's based, but it's modular. It's yeah. the cool part, so you can like tinker with it and run your own shit on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's modular general-purpose purpo- general computing, and that's what I believe uh, Justin Moon used to make the BitBoy. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of videos floating around online, and you can integrate BTC Pay server on it now. People are making very small POS systems.
0: Yeah, this is the first one that integrated BTC Pay. And there's a guide coming out soon. The other ones... I thought the ones like the they had in Berlin pa- were... It was like Bitcoin payments, but it wasn't BTC Pay. Oh, uh, okay. Like you could pay to... This is like full proper BTC Pay integration. So for like relatively cheaply, um, anyone can roll out these um, point of sales. Uh, and I think they're pretty sexy. They're nice and small. They got the nice readable screen on them.
1: Yeah, Dennis uh, Raymond has a, a demo online. We're going to drop that link in the bio or the show notes, not the bio. I mean,
0: I think this, th- we were talking about earlier about, you know, trying to avoid KYC as the first step here with trying to reclaim some privacy when using Bitcoin. Um, Getting
1: paid is a great way to do that.
0: It's probably the best way and, and will continue to become even more best way. And I, that's what, when people talk about spending Bitcoin and like you should spend Bitcoin more, well, like, first of all, it's your fucking money. You do with it as you please. Um, but I think... Merchant spending with Bitcoin in t- in 2013, we had this whole thing where like everyone wanted to get people to accept Bitcoin, but they were just converting it to fiat. So I, there's going to be two things here. Like Bitcoiners will be more likely to spend Bitcoin on things that they can't spend otherwise, like fiat's not accepted. Um, where the where they think the the merchant is keeping the Bitcoin, and where the merchant offers a discount, and the merchants will offer a discount because I know I me personally, I would totally pay five percent. You know, receive 5% less for goods and services just to not have KYC, right? You're paying for that. You're paying a little a little bit with a discount to not have KYC.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, just anecdotally, from personal experience, it's having BTC pay and being able to watch uh, people buy from our merch store with Bitcoin and send us shout outs and whiskey and dime bags. Um, it works and it's been a great way to like passively just make Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you don't have that KYC overhead, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll see that more. Um, and that's that's the other thing with the small site. Merchants.
1: Like and it's like the, the big argument that's been going on too. Like, fuck all the arguments. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. With like you're damned if you're do, damned if you don't, right? As a Bitcoin, quote unquote Bitcoin company. For us, like if we don't, like we tell people to hodl. I like, think I think that's most advantageous in the long run is to hodl. But uh if we do have a store and we're Bitcoiners we have to offer payment in Bitcoin and I'm not trying to I am scamming people out of their Bitcoin but hey that's your decision to spend your well, Bitcoin but we also accept
0: dirty fiat exactly though. the option is It'd there would be a little hypocritical if we didn't accept Bitcoin exactly yeah. exactly we have to we can tell people uh, to hodl but then
1: also tell them I think eventually to what
0: we should do is we should offer a discount if people pay in Bitcoin yeah. We just our store is not sophisticated enough yeah, to do that we, yet. We're not a sophisticated enough to operate. In principle, in principle get that we're count. there. Yes. In principle we're there to offer a discount if you pay in Bitcoin. Yeah, we're working I our way. I think that's the path going forward. Yeah, we got to figure that out. But yeah, I mean this is I, it's a ridiculous argument. I I don't even want to talk about it. Like it's no one there maybe there's 1% of people that think hodl means like Hold forever and never fucking spend ev- ever, you know, like I that is the most ridiculous interpretation um, you Just you save money and you spend it when you want to spend your money, you know, like that is uh, And you and we personally think dollar cost averaging is like the easiest way to invest in this super volatile asset right it's so you mix those, those two together and if your dollar cost averaging and your salaries in fiat like do you have even less incentive to spend your Bitcoin because you're actually net buying Bitcoin every week? Why would you, or every month, or whenever your dollar cost averages, why would you um, not just take some of that fiat and spend it everywhere that accepts fiat? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Instead yeah. Instead, you're paying the transaction fee, and then they maybe they're converting it back to fiat anyway. It's ridiculous.
1: And you're preaching to the choir here, brother.
0: Ridiculous.
1: It's, uh, it is ridiculous. But, yeah, people have to fight about stuff. Um,
0: especially in times like these. Yes. This really reminds me of <coughs> 2015. 20, yeah. Because that's what Bitcoin does to you is what really kills people is the relief rally. Like that rally to 14 K where everyone thought they were like through the woods and then it came back down. That's when it really just, it just like knocks you down, takes you out. Right. Yeah.
1: And drags you like, Oh my God. It's that's really yeah,
0: I, cause I remember when it, like, it went up to like $600. Mm-hmm. In like 2015 or 2014, and everyone's like, "Moon, it's going moon." I was right; all the haters are wrong, you know. And then it came back down, hit new lows, and it was just it killed everyone. Yeah, yeah.
1: It is uh Bitcoin is a a cruel mistress. She uh, she's a cruel bitch. Um, speaking of cruel, <clears throat> Alex Gladstein. We shout him out before. He's not cruel, but he uh, he goes to talk uh, talk about. How cruel regimes! I'm blowing this segue. All right, Alex Gladstein.
0: <laughs> what a boss! <laughs> what a
1: boss! Wrote a, wrote another great article this time for Quillette, which is getting a, it's not the most mainstream publication, but it's uh, more mainstream than than uh, just the crypto bubble or the Bitcoin bubble that we're in. He
0: dropped three posts this week in three different outlets. Right. Quillette, CoinDesk, and yeah, Tor's Tor. blog. Yeah, and towards and blog. And I thought it was really funny because I I think we talked about him last week or the week before, and I was like. He's the best shill in Bitcoin. Like when I when I like sit down with myself, I'm just like Matt. Be more like Alex when you shill Bitcoin. You know, like he, I, he just has such perv- persuasive arguments. He's very good with his words, and I, I felt like he was listening because he just went on like a uh, he went on a sprint here, just content, content, content,
1: content, 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 content is key. That is the game we're in.
0: All three posts are great. I recommend reading all three of them. The Quillette one was was extra special because it was mainstream, more mainstream. Um, but I thought the tour one was really good. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, <coughs> Bitcoin has free speech money, basically.
1: Keep on keeping on, Alex. Are you okay over there?
0: Need some water? I'm coughing, man. I think it's the air heat in here.
1: Yeah. Got drier outside, the heat on in here. Yeah. you blaming the atmosphere at the studio.
0: It's the squall.
1: <laughs> it's the squall. A um, couple more things to touch on here. This was uh, making the rounds this morning. There was a couple, <coughs> there was a few banks that were, <clears throat> now I'm coughing, Jesus. Um, it's contagious. A few banks that were affected by a glitch in the Fed system this morning, which delayed direct deposits nationwide. And I just wanted to throw this, well, you threw it in here, but I want to talk about it because we were talking about it earlier. It's like, holy shit, imagine if this happened for like two weeks If this glitch lasted for like two weeks and people weren't getting paid. Like you, you could just go on Twitter and see people talking about not getting paid this morning and how
0: angry they were. It was interesting, like a half an hour after it usually comes through, people are already complaining. And they were like livid. It would be, shit would devolve so fast if this this persisted for like
1: more than a week. It is crazy how fragile this could be.
0: Why is the Fed even involved in this shit? I didn't even know they were a part of this process, the direct deposit.
1: they're They're the clearinghouse at the end of the day. It's when everything gets marked to, or, excuse me, written down. In, is I just Fed.
0: never, I never expected that in the direct deposit flow, they were, you know.
1: They're the final ledger. Well, that's what, like, that's what freaked me out. i was like, is that, does this have something to do with the repo markets? I'm not saying it does, but it's like, yeah. So, a like, couple, couple of uh, questionable uh, moves by the Fed towards the end of the year here. This uh, being a software glitch is what they're blaming on. I think Capital One was the bank most affected, but there were others as well. Um, but yeah, again, like.
0: But Capital One blamed the Fed.
1: Yes, Capital One did blame the Fed. Um, and now again, like, it is, like, again, going back to the Twitter comments of how angry people were, like, imagine. Again, we talk a lot about how people are working paycheck to paycheck in this country. Imagine if people didn't get their direct deposit for, like, two weeks straight. Like, how fast would shit devolve in this country?
0: Well, it reminds me of that horror story in New York where it was the reverse. Remember, instead of getting their direct deposit, it was all. They got pulled money pulled out and then exit scammed.
1: Yeah, yeah. That bank they like ran
0: with it here. The payment processor. Take a sip of my water. Thank you, Marty. I'm I'm dying over here. Yeah, I'm like I I feel like I'm about to give you CPR. It's like
1: that'd be weird. Uh, It's sparkling. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So that that happened, and and again, just it was just a reminder of how fragile. The system can be, and like how much we take all this shit for granted. You just think that, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get my direct deposit in the morning, it's gonna show up, there's gonna be no problem. Uh, Stuff has to happen in the background to make that happen, and sometimes that can get fucked up. And it happened this morning,
0: and of course, like all the people came out and they were like, Bitcoin never goes down. Bitcoin has gone down sometimes, like rarely. Just say rarely. Yes. It's amazing yes. uptime is like 99.9 or something. There have like, been, yes. We can stand behind that uptime. We cannot stand behind. Bitcoin never goes down. Yes.
1: Yes. It, uh, factually, you can't say that. It's not a fact.
0: <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so let's... laughs>
1: it's not a fact.
0: Shill Bitcoin properly, please. Yes. Shill lightly and properly.
1: Um, and the last topic, the big topic. We should probably riff on this for a bit here. Uh, what I wrote about in the Bent this morning, and uh, probably the big story you freaks have probably heard about it by now, or should have heard about it if you haven't. It's fucking insane. Uh, actually, good journalism coming out of the New York Times. Got to get props for props are due. We talk, sh- blog. talk shit on the blog. That is New York Times a lot. But um, Stuart Thompson and Charlie uh, Walzer, I believe. Let me uh, find get the correct last name. Um,
0: they always have the best infographics.
1: Yeah, the best parallax graphics here uh, at the Times. Warzel, yes. Charlie Warzel and Stuart Thompson wrote a piece and basically they had uh, a source approach them, or sources, excuse me, approach them from a, a company that collects location uh, uh, location data from cell phones and sells it to marketers. And basically these sources working at this company approached the, the two journalists at the New York Times because... They were so scared of the amount of data they had and how uh, people were using it. And so they actually gave uh, Stuart and Charlie access to a chunk of the data, not even all the data, just a tiny sliver of the data. And uh, Stuart and Charlie basically walked through how they followed a bunch of people. Uh, high-ranking military officials, celebrities.
0: they pretend it's anonymized. But, like, if you can see everywhere a phone's been, you can figure out who the person is. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, exactly. But that was scary. Like, these two journalists just did this themselves. They were handed the data, and they constructed these profiles of uh, people based off the metadata and basically showed that they were able to follow people who were in meetings with President Obama and the Pentagon.
0: So this is, like, different apps you have installed on your phone, like weather apps, stuff yeah. like that. Um, that are, all that information is then aggregated and sold and moved around to companies that you have no idea ID. exist and, and they pretend it's anonymized because technically it doesn't say your name or your phone number next to it but if you look at the location history you can figure out who the fuck it is
1: yeah like I said it in the bin I was like ah, I, I thought I, I think yesterday nothing would have shocked me this shocked me like how
0: I wasn't like that shocked they just... I mean, just the fact that two journalists were able to paint these... Yeah, they display these, it well. These profiles, again, uh, like... One thing that shocked me was that they show the Pentagon in the White House and you see, like, tons of information there. So, to me, that says that they're just... Blind. Yeah, completely oblivious to this issue uh, because their own people are being tracked using it, right? Like, and it reminded me of... Uh, What was it like it was it was a Fitbit competitor or something, like their data, their publicly accessed data, like showed a bunch of like secret military bases Uh, around the world because all the all the agents would be running around with their Uh, activity trackers. In like the the middle of a desert somewhere. Yeah. Um, so they're just oblivious. (laughs) That's not great. That's That's not not great. Well,
1: and I wrote about this is what I said in the pen today, like it's the way this stuff is architected, right? Like the way cloud services work the way that you trust these companies with your data instead of having the data yourself and custodying the data yourself and and pushing that data out instead of having these companies pull it from you um i think the internet in its first iteration at least up to this point may have failed from a privacy perspective like we may need to restructure the stuff from scratch and it may need i think it does need to be built using cypherpunk tools and just brought uh timothy may Um, up in today's letter because the uh, specifically the um, the signature in the emails that he used to send rest in peace to me crypto anarchy, encryption, digital money, anonymous networks, digital pseudonyms, zero knowledge reputations, information markets, black markets, collapse of governments and so he's basically outlining uh, the tools you need to get to what a sovereign individual would like over time is the collapse of the state and so we have encryption, that's widespread, we have digital money, but uh, we need the anonymous networks, digital pseudonyms, zero knowledge, reputation systems, information markets, and black markets that don't track your data. Um, and this is, I know you you get uh, triggered by this, trigger warning to all you freaks out there as well who may get triggered by this, like projects like Urbit that are working too.
0: Erbit's a shit coin. Yeah, all
1: right but uh, it's not. There's an episode dropping tomorrow where we t- I talk with Bitcoin sign guy about urbit. All right.
0: Uh, are we a shitcoin podcast now?
1: No, we're not. We're It depends. Uh, no, we're not a shitcoin podcast. It depends on we'll what... We'll discuss after I listen. It depends if episode. you come to the conclusion that urbit is a shitcoin. And then, even then, we're only going to talk about Bitcoin. I talked about Urbit because, because of this problem specifically. Like, it could solve... So again, we have encryption. That's widespread. The common man can access very powerful encryption tools. Digital money... There's some very promising digital money in Bitcoin, I think. We're working on that. But the anon networks, digital pseudonyms, zero knowledge, and the reputation systems that can only be built on top of, uh, in my opinion, systems where users hold the data and hand it out uh, in a permission way, Um, we need to build those networks because the networks that we have now, the internet, uh, Facebook, the social media landscape, and all that stuff is basically a digital panopticon that I don't think we'll ever be able to tear down. We need, to, we need to build something side by side to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I, this idea that regulators can protect you and that politicians can protect you is just never going to happen. Um, so, like, stop waiting for them to get their act together. Like, we need, we need to solve this with tech. Like, you, you need to build systems that just can't be censored by design, you know, can't be uh, abused at scale. Um, that's, and that's the only solution. There's no, there's, there's no other solution.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's scary if we don't do it. If we don't do it, we are fully surveilled.
0: Enter the panopticon.
1: We are. You know, the panopticon's here, freaks. Exactly. It is here. Yeah. It's just whether or not the uh, powers that be want to use the panopticon. They can at any moment They're decide to use it. Right. They're using it. When they can th- decide to use it more overtly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like China. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on that note, I'd like to give a shout out to at HybridSoul. Uh, he sent me a PGP encrypted DM this week, so thank you. Here we go, Hybrid soul. Uh, Appreciate that. Um, let's see if he figured out how to decrypt it after I responded to him. Um, the other thing was, there was it just broke uh, Polo. Poloniex Poloniex Which was the biggest shitcoin casino in 2017 Circle bought it Circle bought it Brought it to the US Oh it was already in the US Circle bought it Added KYC to every account um, it, it absolutely killed their value prop Because these shitcoin casinos You know People don't want KYC on them
1: Everybody went to Binance
0: And now Justin Sun Of Tron Fuck Justin Sun Led a group that bought Poloniex From Circle At a huge discount Brought them outside the US uh, kicked off all US users, um, which was really easy to do because everyone had KYC'd, right? Um, and now they just opened non KYC accounts. <laughs> so they moved out of the US and now they can be a proper shitcoin casino, uh, have no KYC. And it's like similar to Binance uh, where there's the only limit is like withdrawals. So $10,000 you can withdraw per day uh, if you're not verified. You just need an email address. Um, so we'll see if they start doing shotgun KYC and stuff like. Binance. has been doing like, because Binance has a similar tier, basically. Like their lowest tier is no KYC with uh, withdrawal limit, but they've been known to just d- force you to do KYC and hold your funds hostage. So
1: yeah, and uh, be careful with Poloniex too. I mean, it could be a sh- fool me once, Shame on shame on you. Fool me twice. I don't even know how that saying goes, but like if they did it once, they could definitely shotgun KYC again.
0: I mean, look, I just think that if Any of these guys can shotgun KYC on you, and I just assume that they will at any time. Even someone with, like, a stellar reputation like BitMEX, like, at any moment, they can just hit you with KYC. Uh, And you should just assume that that's the case. But I think more importantly here, it just really highlights, I think, that, like, you can't can't run, like, a fully regulated shitcoin casino. It's just, like, it's an oxymoron. Uh, So you need to, like, in the regulated countries, they should be, in the U.S. and stuff, people should be focused on, on you know, basically being an on-ramp, off-ramp. Like, m- pretty much Bitcoin only. You know, if you want to add, like, one or two other chains there, uh, so be it. But, I mean, it should be a Bitcoin only on-off-ramp. You know, what we've seen with Cash App, what we see with River coming out. Um, instead of, like, Coinbase, where Coinbase is, like, trying to be the Binance of, of the West. But they, they can't compete with Binance. And they're worse on-ramp, off-ramp. So yeah. they just where they just sit in the middle?
1: No focus. Yeah. Got to find focus. Yeah, and uh, a note there, like Circle, they also shed their OTC desk, Kraken. Uh, yeah, they sold it to Kraken. Kraken bought that this week. And what's happened Is Circle? Just bending the knee, folding.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, because they just had that really good interview, the ex-Circle OTC guy on uh, on well, the like, brink, and it seems yeah. like it was a very profitable business for them.
1: Yeah, but he was an ex circle guy. That's true. Maybe That's for a reason. I
0: don't know. Kraken in general has been making a lot of acquisitions and moves lately, so this might say more about Kraken than it does about Circle.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. Very good point. That's all we have on the list today. Um was told to give a shout out, but I'm not gonna read. It. I gotta give sats back to somebody.
0: Should we say who it was? Yeah. It was American Hoddle sent sent us a very vulgar shout out. Yeah. Um and he said if we if we don't repeat it word for word, then he gets his sats back. So we're just gonna send those back. Yeah, yeah. Send me an invoice, you're getting your sats back. <coughs> but we love you, dude. Yeah, Appreciate the you. shout out regardless. Yeah. I'm not gonna read vulgar stuff. You know, it's just uh yeah, definitely apparently there's kids in cars reading this stuff, you know. Listening. Listening. Reading, reading. Wow. This is not reading, children. No. You're not reading right now. No, you're not. Um All right. That's all we got this week. Anything else you wanna wrap on? Stay humble stack sats. Peace and love.